right, and welcome to episode six, I think, of Go Team. Um, I'm Kelly. And I'm Josh. And this week we are doing the MLB. Because normally at this time, we would be knee-deep in baseball season, but we're not. And I know, Josh, that you are very much lamenting it because there's nothing you love more than to do something while a Cubs game is playing in the background. Um, oh, uh, most most definitely. It's one of my favorite pastimes, listening to a Cubs game on the radio while, you know, messing around in the lawn or garage stuff, you know, typical uh, dad things. Very uh, dad things. On a summer day. Uh, I also enjoy being like, oh, we've got all kinds of stuff done this, this morning, and now this afternoon I can just sit here for three hours and watch baseball. <laughs> Which it literally takes three hours. I think <laughs> that's my number one problem with baseball is that there's no time limit, and it's just however long. It, I mean, I've, we've been to professional baseball games that have taken two hours, mm-hmm. and we've been to professional baseball games that have taken four hours. Yeah. It's the beauty of it. You never know, know what you're going to get. I don't know if it's beautiful, but it's something. And it's not on right now. Yeah, one of the best things, too, is free baseball. If you can get take it to extra innings, free baseball. Yeah, free baseball is pretty great, too, I guess. Yeah. I personally love the baseball food at stadiums. Big it's nacho my, helmet? Oh, man, I love a nacho helmet. It's the <laughs> best thing ever. It's the, I have a very um, late, you know I have a carefully laid out plan for inning by inning eats. And, like, when you get what thing. Oh, yeah, it's intense. You don't get candy until, like, the fifth inning. That's usually when I like to get a super rope. You have to start off with something light, which for me would be a hot dog. You start with the hot dog. Right. And then you move into something a little more filling, maybe like a nacho helmet or... Maybe an uh, Italian beef. Maybe an Italian beef, depending on where you are. I also really like to find, like, the thing that that stadium has that no one else has. I'll never forget walking around the Tigers Stadium in Detroit for like 45 minutes looking for the, um, uh, it was the apple pie egg roll. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man, I looked forever, and then I got it, and I'll just tell you, it was disappointing. (laughs) Should have just got a Coney dog and called it a day. I should have. Um, But one of the other things I do love about baseball, aside from the food at stadiums, is baseball movies. Probably my favorite kind of sport movie would be a baseball movie. Well, you know, great movies come from a great game. I mean, I guess, but I was thinking about it today of what my favorite baseball movie is because there's so many good ones, right? I mean, it's obvious what their favorite one is. No, everybody's going to... No, I know what our favorite one is, but I think normal people would go to, like, oh, uh, A Field of Dreams or A Bull Durham. Yeah, both classics. Classics. But that is not my favorite baseball movie. My favorite baseball movie is Major League. Of course it is, because it's hilarious. It's, I think it's in my top, like, ten favorite movies of all time. I just, I love every single part of Bull Durham. We watched it, we just watched it, like, last week it was on TV, and I was like, well, now we're in. Now we got to watch it. Right, Major League. You said Bull Durham. Major League is the one. Oh, no, Major League, not Bull Durham. Yeah, Major League is the one that was on, and we watched it. Yeah, there's so many great characters, cast of amazing characters, um, from you know Coach Lou Brown all the way down to Wild Thing. Oh, man. Um, I don't even know who my favorite is on there. Yeah. I think it's Lou Brown is my favorite. Yeah. He was like your age when he Dorn. made that movie. Yeah. 48. He was 48 when he filmed it. It's we crazy. looked it up. Yeah, I was like, I no know. way. He's, 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 be, he's a grizzled <laughs> he's old like coach. He's easily no. re- going to be retiring soon. No, 48, 48 years old. He's 48 years old. That's ridiculous. I know, but it's such a good movie. It's got some of the best lines ever. Great lines. Weird concepts. Uh, the concept of stalking is laughed off. Oh, yeah. We t- mentioned that, how he just walks into our just apartment. Just walks into our apartment twice. Rick Taylor. Is, he's the one. Uh, no, not Rick Taylor. Jake Taylor. Walks into the girl's apartment twice. Follows her home. Follows her home. Twice. Like it's nothing. Though, <laughs> with the time he, like, rides in the bullpen cart home. Classic scene. There's no way he's getting there right after her, though. Yeah, because he's only driving, like, five miles an hour. Yeah, that seems, I mean, one of the unbelievable things. But, anyway, that's my favorite baseball Cla- movie. Yes, classic movie. Classic, is it your favorite movie. baseball movie? I would say definitely probably is my favorite baseball movie. I mean, I could. There, there's some other really great ones. Obviously, a lot of people love The Sandlot. Oh, um, yeah, The Sandlot that is a good one. Yeah, you know, that's that's a classic as well. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's Major League. I always, I've gone back to Major League since I was a kid. And um, I don't know if that's just because it's on all the time. Because I was trying to think, like, when was the last time I watched Field of Dreams all the way through? Yeah, it's been a while. I don't, it's been years since I've seen it. Plus, it's the com- and Major League's the comedy, right? I mean, Field of yeah. Dreams isn't a comedy. It's it's kind of heavy. But Ke- I mean, but Kevin Costner and baseball go hand in hand. He knows his stuff when it comes to baseball. He sure does. He also knows his stuff when it comes to uh, medieval uh, folk heroes. He did one Robin Hood. That was it. One hey, other one it was classic. Did. Okay. <laughs> but in that, in Major League, I remember I told you I was listening, I, I was listening to another podcast about, and they were talking about Major League. Um, Charlie Sheen in Major League really could like pitch the ball. Like he got up to like 85 miles an hour in real life. And people were like, dang, Charlie Sheen's kind of got an arm on him. Yeah. He threw it all away. Let's say the California Pinot League. We can wear caps and sleeves here, boy. Speaking of California, Kelly, I'm going to jump right into this. Oh, man, you're ready to go I'm with your team. It, I'm taking it right in with my team. It's right, a perfect well, segue to go first. talking about some California baseball because today I'm going to be talking about the Oakland Athletics. Ooh. Yeah, it's very exciting for me. Um, and I'm not even going to, I'm not, I'm just going to scratch, just scratch the era that I grew up with, which was the late 80s, early 90s Oakland A's, the Bash Brothers, but more importantly, who? Was on that team at that time? Oh, Ricky Henderson. Ricky was Henderson. On that team. He's your favorite baseball player. My most beloved of all baseball time. player of all time. Absolutely love everything about Ricky Henderson. Uh, was a fan of his uh, from a, a young young age. And Ricky Collect, don't quit. Collected all his collected all his baseball cards. Um, wa- made sure that when we went to the Baseball Hall of Fame, I absorbed all of the Ricky uh, swag that were in the uh, uh, the collectible cases and saw his. Uh, Batting gloves that he stole the. Uh, and I think you wore the Hall of Fame record. Ricky Henderson jersey that I got you. Didn't I you? did. I have his jersey. It's uh, so that is partially the inspiration for going with the athletics uh, today, but also because it's uh, a really interesting story. So I've always wondered. Ever since I was a kid, uh, I was always like, uh, "Is are they the A's or the Athletics?" I remember being little and being like, "What's going on here? Mm-hmm. This team has two names. Obviously, A's just a nickname of the Athletics, the shortened version." And so uh, really wanted to get the full story of the, of the A's. So in order to do that, um, you have to go back in time, uh, and you have to go all the way back to the early 1900s, like eight, late, actually late 1800s, early 1900s, like most Major League Baseball teams. So baseball obviously coming to a height in the late 1800s. Right. And uh, you know, teams really started to uh, pick up from there. So we, we're going to go all the way back to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. We're going to go back to the East Coast before we get to the West Coast. And our story starts there in Philadelphia. And uh, so back in the late 1800s, so about Civil War era, uh, mm-hmm. we talk, we've talked about a lot of teams start about that time. It seemed like organized sports really started to pick up. Uh, right around the time of the Civil War and then following the Civil War is when, I guess, professional sports started to become more commonplace. Right. And, uh, it's hard so, to have professional sports in the middle of a Civil War, I would imagine. Yeah. So, But uh, in the 1860s, the uh, Philadelphia, uh, in Philadelphia, the Athletic Baseball Club of Philadelphia began, and there were some athletic clubs that had been formed in the city uh, gentlemen clubs uh, for playing sport, and one of the ones that originally began was for baseball, the old-timey baseball, the two-word baseball, not the one-word baseball, but the two-word baseball uh, began, and there was a team called the uh, Philadelphia Athletics at that time, and then it evolved into the semi-professional, and then, and then in um, uh, back in uh, 1901, uh, they were the athletics and beginning. So this is just prior to the uh, the World Series era. And so, the, you know, the professional ranks are just beginning. And uh, at this time, there is uh, a gentleman named Connie Mack. And Connie Mack, uh, for the, those who are baseball aficionados, know Connie Mack uh, is uh, extremely famous in the Hall of Fame. But he's uh, extremely famous because, uh, believe it or not, Kenny Mack was the player was a player manager for the Athletics for fifty years. Wow, so fifty years! Fifty years. Kenny Mack was uh, with the with the A's, 
And uh, during that time frame, so starting in 1901, Connie Mack uh, becomes a player manager, goes on, uh, plays, goes on to be manager, and doesn't retire until he is 87 years old. So for 50 years, uh, Connie Mack was uh, leading charge of the Philadelphia uh, Athletics. And so that's where we start our story today. So County Mac is the coach. It's 1901. Uh, the athletics are just getting going. And then uh, they're a pretty good team. And in 1902, they start to develop some rivalries. And uh, they're playing. They're, they're doing pretty good that year in 1902. And uh, they, uh, they're going about their business, winning the games, doing their thing. And uh, what happens is, is that they, uh, they have a, a game coming up. And some uh, journalists uh, had asked about the game coming up uh, to the rival team's uh, coach at the time. And the rival team's coach was a man named John McGraw and uh, for the Giants. And uh, when he was talking about him, he said, uh, John McGraw, you know, trying to put down uh, the athletics, he said, uh, they're, just a, they're just a bunch of white elephants. Oh, and, uh, you know, they're not going to be making any money. They're a blip, whatever. We don't, take, we don't take them serious. They're white elephants. Get them out of here. Listen, I know how this story goes. And so uh, County Mac and the athletics are like, oh, white elephants, are we? And they start winning games and winning more games and winning more games. And they go on to win the American League championship. Pre- pre-World Series, that they win the championship. And while they start doing it, they are just, like, owning the white elephant moniker. So I don't know if you've realized over the years, but the, this, is, this is perpetuated in athletics The elephant? History. The, the white elephant? elephant? The elephant is on, right. their, uh, on jerseys. It's their, uh, uh, not necessarily their, their mascot, but it's, it's, it becomes part of the athletics identity. And so, and a lot of uh, a lot of the things that uh, you'll see about the Oakland Athletics, you'll see uh, imagery of white elephants. Oh yeah! And it begins in 1902 with this just a simple, you know, other team trying to put him down, and then the Oakland uh, Athletics are like, no, 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 no. Once again, a story of a team owning some owning a name that's a supposed name that's to be supposed a put to put down. them down. They're like, we're going to embrace the white elephants, and so they become the white elephants, and they go on to become they're they're extremely good, and like I said, they win the American League championship that year, and uh, this is the first year before the World Series. The World Series begins the next year, and then in 1905, the A's uh, would go on to be to play John McGraw's Giants. They end up losing the World Series to John McGraw's Giants. But there's a great photo that I saw, a historical photo of a moment where prior to the series, they did present uh, John McGraw with a little tiny white elephant statue at home plate. Oh, nice. A ceremonial uh, <laughs> white statue of the, of the elephant. So, um, so that, that, and the, the New York Times actually had an article talking about that. Like it was reported in the papers like, oh, County Mac and the Athletics sticking it to Mr. McGraw. You oh, know, like yeah. it was a whole old-timey news thing of fantastic stuff. And then in 1909, they decided to, you know what? We're going to take this even a step further. We're going to put the elephant on our uniforms. We're going to put it on pins for the fans to wear. Like we're, this is our thing. Owning it. And they're so, uh, so owning it until the... Uh, late uh, 1910s, about 1918, 1919, and they start to not be so good. Now the team is starting to, you know, back in the early 1900s, the uh, the athletics were fantastic, and so everybody was rallying around the elephant. But then in the teens, they're like, "Oh man, we're not as so good as we used to be. We gotta get rid this white elephant's. Un- Maybe this elephant's unlucky. Maybe we need to get oh. rid of it." And the team ends up being like, "We're re- ripping off the badges from our jerseys. We're getting rid of this elephant." And uh, the next day they go on to beat, uh, I believe it was the Detroit Tigers, and the next game, the next day uh, of the season, they're like, see, it was unlucky. Uh, But uh, hilarious enough, by the next year, the, the elephant's back. And they're like, no, we're, no, we're bringing the elephant it, back. So it wasn't the elephant. It wasn't the elephant. Obviously, there's no such, real the such thing as lucky charms. It's all psychological, it. et cetera, et cetera. But... Uh, Wait a minute. Are you telling me that in baseball, superstitions and lucky charms don't work? 
It's all in your head. It's I remember. All in your head. I recall once you not allowing me to get up <laughs> out of my chair during a Cubs playoff game because I would quote unquote wreck the mojo. Well. There's mojo in moments, and it worked for them that day, but long-term, it's not going to work. I can't sit in a recliner every day of my life in hopes the Cubs win the World Series again. It's wait, the, the mojo's in the wait, moment. question. Do you or do you not have a T-shirt that you will always wear when the Cubs are down and out or when they really need to win a game? That's true. I do because have several Lucky Charms. You think that that T-shirt... <laughs> <laughs> well, in this case, <laughs> in this case, the elephant came back. Okay. And proceeds to be definitely part of their lore. Now... Uh, over the course of the next, you know, like uh, uh, 30, 40 years, the A's are doing their thing in Philadelphia. Uh, but uh, at the end, so as, as they go towards the end of Connie Mack's existence as the coach and, and player manager, and I was, his family uh, was always part of the, of, the, of the team as well. Like it was like Connie Mack's team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so well, going on, as we go into the 1950s, it, it would always get debated like, are you the A's? Are you the Athletics? Are you what's up with this elephant? Like it always keep coming back up over the course of these fifty years with County Mac, and uh, finally uh, one year in 1954, Roy Mac, uh, who at that time uh, County Mac's son had come up as executive vice president of the team, told the Sporting News, uh, "Make it as emphatic as you possibly can. We are the A's or the Athletics. Take your pick, and our emblem is still the elephant." He made it emphatic in 1954. It was official. We are the A's. We are the athletics. We have a white elephant. This is how it is. Got ya. Deal with it, people. Okay. Well, uh, also at this time, the Philadelphia Phillies, the crosstown rival in the National League, uh, was starting to get more, you know, more and more popular. And the, um, uh, the A's were starting to lose money. And uh, what happens is, is that uh, it's decided to sell the team and uh, new ownership is going to take over. And what happens a lot in professional sports when a new owner takes over? They, they change get, the name. Or no, they move the team. They move the team. And so the team is then decided to be moved uh, at, to uh, Kansas City. Oh, and they go on to uh, to be moved to Kansas City. So we have a Midwest stop in all of this, and uh, and the uh, this was in 1958. So 1958 was their last season in Philadelphia. They moved to Kansas City, and of course, similar to the other stories, once they get to the new town, people are like, "Are you the A's? Are you the athletics? what are you? What's the deal A's, with the elephant? Athletics, and what is the deal with?" This elephant, and so it actually gets to the point where I thought this was insane. There was newspaper reports and stories that the Kansas City City Council even got into the debate and was like, "You got to get rid of this elephant. What are we doing? This elephant is way too uh, similar to like politics and like oh, because of the right. Republican, yeah, so and cool. like what is why? What is it? What does that all mean? What's this? What's the deal here? And and so they they were like, oh, maybe we need to, you know, maybe we need to get rid of this. And so um, and so they decide to eventually uh, get rid of of the elephant as the as it, and they decide to stop really going by the athletics. They decide it's going to be we're going to be the A's. The A's from here on out. We're going to be the A's, and the owner Charles o- o Finley, uh, who had who had had purchasing control of the team at the time was like, you know what? Um, uh, not only that, but we're getting rid of the elephant and we're going to have a, we're going to have a mule. Gonna, a mule? Yeah, that's what we're going to have. Well, that's political too. <laughs> I know, right? Well, uh, I guess a donkey, but A donkey, still. mule, yeah. And so, uh, and so the, the new ownership has that and, and he starts trotting it out at like games and stuff. There was, I, I, there was even one story. It was a real mule. Oh yeah, like they would bring Ooh. it to the stadium and there's like even that. a story once where it like got into the press box or something and people got upset. It was a whole crazy thing. Well, the other thing is, is that uh, uh, Charlie O'Finley, uh, he was kind of a... Uh, I don't know, uh, unscrupulous businessmen. He, it, it was rumored right away that he was just there. To, there was always things of the same, like he was just a farm team for the Yankees because he made s- several bad trades to the Yankees at that time. Oh, and <coughs> excuse me. And, and so he goes back and forth and, 
it, it's it's shown right away that he doesn't even want to be the he doesn't even want the team in Kansas City. He wants it on the West Coast or possibly in Louisville. And the, and then it turns out that there's like a list of like twelve other cities that he wants to move this team to. Mm. But the the team's doing great and like they're actually having pretty good record numbers in Kansas City. They're doing pretty good. Well, so he's like A's only. Get rid of the elephant, right? Kind of crazy guy. Well, eventually he's able to get it uh, moved, and they move to the Bay Area. They move to Oakland, mm-hmm. and they get they get to California, and uh, and they quickly start. You know, uh, they this uh, by this time they've they've fully adopted back to being, uh, or uh, they are the the A's, uh, and they keep the mule. And so I thought, well, well, maybe when they move to Oakland, they'll bring everything back. But it takes actually. Uh, a little bit of help from Levi's. The jeans company. The jeans company is when it finally gets reverted. Because in 1980, uh, Walter Hess, uh, who uh, was the the uh, the leader of Levi Jeans Company at the time, uh, became the owner of the the Oakland A's, and he was like. I don't care about any of this crazy nonsense that transpired in Kansas City about them being the A's and the like donkey mule stuff. This is ridiculous. We're going old school. I love Connie Mack. Oh, we're we're Bringing down. We're down at way back. Wow. We're the Athletics. We can go by A's if we want. And guess who's coming with us? The elephant, the white elephant, mm-hmm. and so uh, starting in the 1980s, then they bring it, they start to bring it back, and uh, and make it a part of their thing. And it wasn't until 1988, so those eight years, they like finally in 88, the elephant gets back into like the full scale world. Oh, it wasn't. Wow, that is of, a long time. Yeah, it took several years before like he's like, I'm, we're gonna do this. We're A's, A's. But now it's like on their jerseys again. It's like in their marketing again. The elephant's fully back in 1988, and guess what happens? They go to the World Series the next three years. Oh my! So maybe maybe the elephant is lucky. The after. elephant's lucky after all. Oh my goodness! Of course, they also had Jose Canseco, Mark McGuire, Ricky Henderson, Dave Stewart, Dennis Eckersley, and a whole slew of future Hall of Famers and or Super All Stars. That helps too. <laughs> Maybe um, a little bit. Just a little bit. But uh, a very fun, uh, uh, twisted tale there of how, um, you know, like a team has a mascot, but not really a mascot. Yeah, it doesn't. Because it's do more they, of just a, a visual identity. Do you think they have like someone who comes out dressed up like a white elephant now or they, no? They do. I well, don't know they, if they currently do, but oh. I, I, they have in the past had a mascot, elephant mascot who goes out. I think they still do. And I believe his name is Stompy. Stompy? Stompy. Like in The Simpsons? The yeah. elephant bark. No, that's Stampy. Oh, Stampy. Stompy. 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 So, uh, yeah, they do have a guy dressed up in an elephant mascot. But I, lo- I loved everything about that. And I, I never knew that as a child. That was I was just like, why do they got an elephant? Whatever. There's um, always a story behind it. There's always it. a story Hence behind the it. the reason why we do this Hence podcast. Hence the reason why. So it goes all the way back wow. to a summer day, July 10th, 1902, when a rival uh, team called the, the Oakland... Threw some shade. Uh, ...called the Philadelphia Athletics a bunch of white elephants. Yeah. And they were just going to tank and not be any good. And uh, and uh, yeah. they were like, nope, we're owning that. that you know it's what? It's ours now. That's ours we now. We got it. It's ours. This is who we are. This is who we are, which makes no sense when, it goes, when you compare it to the name... A's and athletics, why an elephant? Makes yeah, no, it doesn't make now. any sense. And, but now it does make sense. Try to get rid of it. Uh, Kansas City tried to make it their own, right? Yeah. Uh, with I, a mule, which I don't a, know that a mule is a better. I mean, you I know. guess you could get a mule, a live one. It's way harder to get a live elephant. Yeah, the mule, by the way, was named Finley's mule. So he named it after the owner, named it after himself, a real original. Well, that um, sounds like a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But uh, yeah, a, a fun, interesting little thing there. And, and I, I, but I, I, I thought it was interesting that the team at one point got rid of the elephant because they said it was unlucky, but it seemed like every time the elephant came prominently back for them, they did the first time they won a championship, they went to the world series, they lost the world series the next year. But every time they kept bringing the elephant back, the team kept doing even better. And the A's uh, historically going way back all the way to the the inception and uh, going back to 1901 with County Max starting season. Um, Actually historically is one of the most successful franchises in major league baseball. Oh, really? Yeah. So, 
So they've, uh, uh, which you don't think of because uh, most recent history, you think of Moneyball era and not being able to That's spend That's what money I was waiting for you to get into that stuff because I've seen yeah. that movie. Again, another good baseball movie. Another great baseball movie. I would uh, say it's, I think Brad Pitt, at his finest, maybe, acting-wise. Maybe, possibly. Old Brad Pitt, not young Brad Pitt. But, like, Brad Pitt <laughs> in his golden years that he's in now was right. great. Yeah, and uh, so, you, I mean, not even getting to that, you, th- you think of, of the A's of being scrappy. But even going back to Philadelphia, they, they, the reason why they moved was because they were running low on funds. So, the, yeah. you know, it's one of they've those things. They've always kind of been scrappy. They've kind of a scrappy team, uh, but yet having lots of success, and quite possibly due to the elephant. I guess we'll never know. Time will tell on that one, right? <laughs> They'd have to get rid of it again. Who knows? So there you have it. They have an elephant, and and as uh, as uh, as Roy Mack once said, "Call us the A's, call us the Athletics, call us whatever you want." And if you want to use an elephant to represent us, fantastic. But that's what you do. Those three things. Yeah. Don't add something new. Nothing else. This is who we are. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. That was a great story. I enjoyed it a lot. Thank you. Do you want to say where you got your all your information? Oh from? yeah, thank you. So uh, uh, my go-to Encyclopedia Britannica, love that stuff. Obviously, a little bit of Wikipedia here and there, a little dabbling to get a little extra stuff on some of the the dates uh, for some of the things I was doing. And I found a great uh, blog uh, uh, co- uh, by a guy ToddRandom.com, who um, actually did a real uh, fantastic job outlining the entire history of the elephant itself oh. uh, and had scanned in some of the articles. That's why I was able to get the Sporting News article and stuff. Um, oh. So did a lot, of, a lot of great research there. So those are the three sites I, I pulled from. That's cool. Yeah. Good job. It was informative. Thanks. All right. So it's my turn. Um, I'm going to say my sources before because I'll forget otherwise. So for my team, I got information from a Time article by Tessa Brenson from April 15th of 2016, a WUSA article from November 2nd of 2018, my good friend Wikipedia, and a Washingtonian article by Anna Spiegel in April of 2017. So... I'm going to give you a bit of history into our great nation, if you don't mind. And I'm going to start with really the founding of our nation and the founding of our nation's capitals, which you may think, well, it's Washington, D.C., right? That's our nation's capital. It is now. It was not always, though. Did you know that? That's crazy. So Washington, D.C., was not our nation's capital until 1790. Before that, it was, well, first and foremost, George Washington was sworn in as president of the United States in New York City. New York City was the capital. Then it was moved to Philadelphia, and it was there for a decade before it was moved to Washington, D.C. Now, why Washington, D.C., you may say? Why would they pick that? Well, it's named after George Washington, so that makes it good. It was it because of, uh, of baseball? No, it oh. wasn't because of baseball. <laughs> so Washington, D.C. was chosen as a location for our nation's capital as a compromise between Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson. And if you've ever seen the Hamilton musical, they have this discussion in one of the cabinet rap battles, which are probably... there. If you've never seen Hamilton, I mean, oh, do yourself a favor. It... I had like a nervous breakdown when it started because I loved it so much. It's amazing. But they have this cabinet rap battle. So Hamilton wants, he puts a lot of power and control of the country into the hands of banks and financial institutions. And those financial institutions and banks are where? They in the North. Thomas Jefferson doesn't like that so much power is going to be in the North because he is from the South, and he thinks there should be more power in the South, so they make a compromise to put the capital at Washington, D.C., so it was closer to the South, so that they felt like they had more control because they didn't want to just give all the power to the North and the capital to the North, so they made a compromise. So, there you go, Washington, D.C., capital. But, it is not a state, and it is not part of Maryland or Virginia or any other state around there. Washington, D.C. is its own thing. It was not made a state by Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution. 
You're getting technical on me. I am. I could read you the clause, but I'm not going to. But it basically says, if the seat of the federal government were in a state, the federal leaders would be beholden to that state, which kind of makes sense, right? Like, if Washington, D.C. was a state, then the federal government and all the people in it and the buildings would be beholden to the powers of that state. Because as we all know from our Constitution history, the powers not given to the federal government are held within the state. So really, states have, you know, give power to the federal government. It's not the other way around, right? So with that being said, um, Washington, D.C., lost members of Congress. They would, um, the, well, the reason for that too, besides that, before we get into what they lost, back in the day, because you know it was so hard to travel, the fear was that people, residents of Washington, D.C. would have more influence and control over federal government leaders because they were closer to them and they would see them all the time. And everybody was like, well, that's not fair. You can't do that. So they were made not a state. So the residents there lost their representation in Congress. They lost any vote in the Electoral College. They didn't have a say in any amendments or the right to have home rule. That, however, changes in 1961 with the passage of the 23rd Amendment, which does give them votes in the Electoral College. So despite what you think, which I think I always kind of thought, oh yeah, they don't get to vote for president. That's not true. They do. I mean, that would be... But that only changed in 1961, which is shocking. They could never vote for president of the, and he was like right down the street from them. They never got to vote. So to this day, D.C., Washington, D.C., does not have voting representation in Congress. The federal government maintains jurisdiction over them. They don't get a say, the residents. They do have, however, what is called a shadow delegate. That started in 1990. It sounds very covert and very like, ooh, shadow delegation. It's not really. All it is is they have um, delegates. They have one representative and two senators, a shadow rep and shadow senators, as cool as that sounds. All they do is they serve the same term lengths as regular senators and representatives, but they're not allowed to vote on anything. They're not allowed to vote on committee. They're not allowed to speak on the floor of the House or the Senate. And they don't, which this is, I thought, was a real big, like, slap into the face. They don't even get to have their offices in the Senate building. They're in the John A. Wilson building, which I've never seen either building, but the John A. Wilson building doesn't sound as fancy as the Senate building. It's probably some 1970s, very... Oh, like, blocky... Block, boring building. Ugly building. With that, like or gross. it's, like, a Mackley awesome building built in, like, the 1800s. Well, I don't know, but when we go to Washington, D.C., we should look for it and see. So, they don't get any say, and they don't even get to have um, their offices near the other senators. So, what do they do? Really, the only thing they do is they legislate for statehood and for voting representation for Washington, D.C. That's They, like, kind of lobby for that. That's kind of their job. Do they also play baseball? No, they don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you wondering when this is going to tie in with baseball? You have to know the background. I understand the, I understand the background. I get it. So you can appreciate the next part. <laughs> Who was a famous shadow senator, though? Do you want to know a famous one? Jesse Jackson. Shadow senator um, from 1991 to 1997. Currently, <laughs> I'm going to tell you who they are currently. Mike Brown and Paul Strauss are the senators, shout out. And Franklin Garcia is the shadow rep, shout out Franklin. Um, so they legislate. They also, they also do have a non-voting delegate. And she, it's a, I say she because right now it's a woman named Eleanor Holmes Norton. And she can sponsor legislation and she can speak on the House floor, but she cannot vote. Which really, I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's 2020, and they still don't have representation? Like, what is the deal with that? So, how does that tie into baseball? Well, I'm going to tell you. Something with a designated hitter? Nope. Oh. It ties in to the Washington Nationals. Because the Washington Nationals were not always the Washington Nationals. Did you know that? Yes. I did. At first, the Washington, Washington had a baseball team named the Senators. But they left. We'll get back to them. We're going to start right now in 
1969. And we're going to move to the Great White North of Canada, to the Montreal Expos. And Montreal Expos moved to Washington, D.C. in 2005. And it was a toss-up of where they were going to move, because they were also maybe going to move to San Juan, Puerto Rico, which would have been cool. They played a bunch of home games in San Juan, Puerto Rico in 2003 and 2004. But they went to Washington, D.C. So before the Nationals, the Expos, who then become the Nationals, which we'll get into how they came to that name later, Washington, D.C. did have the Senators from 1901, the great date of 1901, when baseball organizations sort of started in the United States, to 1960. That team, do you know where that team moves? They move to Minnesota, and they become the Twins, which is really interesting because the Twins and the Expos were the two teams that the MLB voted on when they had, um, they voted on contraction of the league in 2001, and the two teams that would have been eliminated were the Twins and the Expos. So really, it all ties back to Washington. It starts at the top, Josh. Which I just thought that was super interesting when that I was doing that. Kind of a unique little twist. Yeah, this is a twist. But they obviously contraction didn't go through. Um, Minnesota, uh, the where the Twins played, sort of saved them from from being eliminated, and the Expos kind of just wiggled out of it. I mean, it's more complex than that, but we're not talking about the Expos right, right now. Right, exactly. We're talking about the Washington Nationals. So, Sh- and shadow government. Shadow senators. Senators. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they move to Washington, D.C., and they need a name. There was also, after the original Washington Senators moved in 1960 um, to Minnesota, another senator, Washington Senator, started. They moved in 1972 to Texas, and guess who they became? The Rangers. They became the Rangers. So some people, when they got the Expos team, now the team that has no name, um, In 2005, they were like, well, we should call them the Senators again because that's our team name and this is what we're called. But a lot of people objected to that. And do you know why? Because Washington, D.C. doesn't have any Senators. So they thought, that's wrong. We shouldn't do that. We don't have voting representation. We're not going to honor him. Which the Senator's name actually was the nickname of the first Washington, D.C. team, which was called the Nationals. But they got a nickname from the sen- of the senators because this guy was a senator, did a lot for him. And it's this whole story that isn't that. In- I mean, it's interesting, but whatever. So, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It was just this old guy who liked baseball and he became a senator and like was there. So, they called him the senators after this guy. But he wasn't a Washington, D.C. senator because they don't have senators. So, they weren't going to name themselves the senators again. And also, the Washington senators were not very good. They lost a lot. And they were like, no, we're not going to name ourselves that. One, F those people. We don't have voting representation. And F the old senators because they had a bad, they had a losing streak. So the D.C. mayor at the time wanted to name them the Washington Grays in honor of the Negro League team, the Homestead Grays, who they played a lot of home games in Washington, D.C., and people got pretty attached to them. But... Their first official name was the Nationals. They were going to stick it to the senators and stick it to the government. And they said, nope, we are going to be the Nationals. We're going to distance ourselves from the senators because of all that stuff and not having voting rights. And we're going to be the Nationals. Also, <laughs> another reason was they, the um, Texas Rangers own the rights to the name senators still, so they couldn't use it again. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but... And I think they also, for a while, owned the Swoopy W, but they got the Swoopy W back because they have the Swoopy W now. Which is also the Walgreens W. It is the Walgreens W. And we actually live in a town also called Washington, and on the high school team logo is a Swoopy W, mm-hmm. It's too, a Swoopy. Just like that. Um, so they became the Washington Nationals in 2005. So they're a relatively new team. I was originally going to pick the Colorado Rockies because I was like, I need to stop doing teams that are so old. I'm going to do a newer team. But the Rockies story was just because of the Rocky Mountains. But the Nationals, I mean, they're a new team. They're new, but they're old. But they're old because they were the Expos. Yeah, they were the Expos. So 
um, Washington Nationals won the World Series in 2019. I remember. They also won the NL pennant in 2019. I mean, you kind of need to. If yeah, you're gonna. it's kind of a yeah prerequisite. Um, they have five. <laughs> they also played several <laughs> regular season games in 2019. <laughs> they did. They, they were the wild card pick in 2019, though. Did you know that? They yeah. were the wild card berth. Um, aside from that, they also have five East Division titles. So some famous, um, you know, I always like to do famous players. You love the Usually, famous player stuff. I don't know all of them. I know two out of three of these. Max Scherzer. No. Huh. <laughs> I just picked some names I knew or thought. One, Alfonso Soriano. Yeah. He played in 2006. He only played for a year. And then guess where he went? Oh, we all know where he went. He went to the Chicago Cubs. That's right. Josh is a big Alfonso Soriano fan. Um, Bryce Harper. Yeah. He's the one I knew the most, but I couldn't think of his name, and I kept. And then I was like, "Wait, didn't Bryce Harper go to Rock Falls High School near where no. we went?" And I was like, "No, that's another kid, isn't it?" No, that's obviously very much another kid. Yeah, Bryce Harper also went to Las not, Vegas. I know, not playing for the. No, he played. He. Nationals I was getting there. Oh, sorry. Jeez, you're not. You don't know everything about baseball. I know some things too. You, you certainly know a lot about shadow governments. I see. They're senators. <laughs> Bryce Harper played on the Nationals from 2012 to 2018. And Steven Strasburg is a pitcher. Those right. are the three I picked. Do you have nice. any other famous Nationals you'd like to add? Well, Max, Max Scherzer is a super good pitcher. Never heard who, that name. Yeah. He's, yeah. You know who he is. He's the one. He has, he's known. Uh, they always he's talk about. The beard? No, no. They always talk that he's got two different colored eyes. Oh. We have a son with two different colored eyes. Yeah. So I do have a soft spot in me. Um, heart for that. So, aside from winning the World Series last year, the thing that I always sort of knew the Nationals for was the giant president head races. Oh, yeah, those are classic. With the giant heads and the yeah. presidents. Um, that started in 2006. So, at first, the presidents that they raced were Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln, and Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt, not the other one. Uh, Dwight, no. What was his name? <laughs> FDR? FDR. Franklin. No, this is Teddy. <laughs> Not Dwight? <laughs> Dwight was Eisenhower, I know. James Polk. <laughs> okay, then, so those were the first, the four that they had, right? That makes sense, because those are like the most well-known. They also added Taft nice. in 2013 for a season, which I don't know why, because Taft was our fattest president, so maybe that's why. I don't know, but maybe yeah, maybe it was comical or something. I don't know. They, I mean, it's all comical because they're all caricatures. But yeah, they, um, Coolidge was added in 2015 for a season, and then Hoover in 2016 um, was added, and then they weren't they were taken away. So that I think that's some random president picking yeah, there. I think that's. I, I mean, if I was in their marketing department, I would totally do that too. Just like or maybe pick they random. looked at pictures and were like, "Let's look at let's look for the." oddest looking ones are the yeah. ones that would be the best characters. But oh, do you want to know who the winningest president is in these races? Mm, yes, I do. Do you have a guess? Uh, Washington. No. Lincoln is the winningest president. He has 343 wins. Mm, so if you're going to place a bet. Place it on Lincoln. Washington is second. He has 290 wins. Then Jefferson with 261. Roosevelt only has 83. I don't know what he's doing. Mm. Shooting animals, probably. Taft won 46 times. He's no longer there, though. Coolidge won 12. Hoover only won 10. Yeah, poor Hoover. And then on the Wikipedia where I was reading this, they had, like, interesting notes about, what like, the race. And in a couple races, like, some players from the team would come out and run and, like, beat them all and stuff. So they would add, like... This player won this race. There's also an eagle, I think, mascot that will sometimes race them and win. Um, and it, it was just pretty funny, uh, the stuff. I really like stuff like that. Yeah, that's pretty great. That's the whole reason I go to a sporting event. Is for, not for the game, for all the extra stuff that yeah, happens. Which is why you love minor league baseball that we've oh, talked yeah. about. Because that's there's all so they much do extra. at minor league baseball. It's my favorite thing. Yeah, all the little things. I love it. So that is the Washington Nationals Well, that's fantastic. Story. I remember when they moved uh, from Montreal to Washington, D.C., and thinking, why don't they just do the Senators? 
But now I know. Now you know. Well, because they didn't own the rights. But I like to think it's because they're thumbing their nose at the government for not having voting representation in Congress. Yeah, that makes sense. I really think that's why. So now we get to our categories. And I feel like, I mean, last week, or for the last episode, I hit it out the park with the Knicks. And if you haven't listened to the basketball episode, I highly suggest you do. Because I think we both, like... That was Apex Mountain for both of us. And it was a good one. That was a super good one. But we're going to do it on these two as well. We have four categories, and then we rank each team on the category. We've decided that the other person gets to rank the, give the number of one through five, five being the best, one being the worst, and then we see who's the best team name. So we will start with the um, A's or the Athletics, whichever. You can call you them choose. either. So the first category is uniqueness of name. I mean, I feel like it's not like a super unique name because you do have to be athletic to play a sport professionally, right? True. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. You're the judge. I am the judge. Honestly, I should just do both teams because you know how I feel about your ability to judge things. Reflection of town or city. Well, I don't really think the A's reflects. They play in Oakland now, right? Yeah, because of the moving and stuff. I mean, reflect at the time it was first named in Philadelphia, it definitely reflected the, the city because of the athletic associations that were popular. Right. But that has nothing to do with Kansas City and now also at Oakland, their new home. It's just been so carried on. So what do say it too? Is that again, harsh, do you think? You're the judge. Judges are judges, man. <laughs> I'm not trying. I don't want you to turn around and be like unduly harsh on me now. Just wait until you get all ones. Okay, I'll give you a three. No, two's fine. That's a two. I agree. All right, let me see. The next category is interest of story behind the name. It was a pretty interesting story. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I like the, not necessarily behind the name, right? That's the thing for me. So, um, but how they adopted this identity of the with the elephant is really interesting to me. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I'm going to say a four. And then the last category is standing the test of time. I mean, obviously, it has stood the test of time, right? It yeah. has been this name since 1901. So that's a five, I would say, in my book. So that is a total of... I'm doing math. It takes a while. 14. Not a bad score. Not a great score. Not a great score, but it's not bad. Okay. Now moving on to the Washington Nationals. Or the Nats. You can also call them that. People can call you? them that. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that in your story, though. <laughs> I, I Well, because I'm not a... F- fan of the team so I wouldn't Part dare which is always like the Washington Shadows I know like the Shadow Senators Yeah, that would be super great so first category for the Nats <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fan so I'm not going to call them by their, fam- their that's it. a very familiar personal name I'm going to refer to them as the Nationals uniqueness of the name That's tough. I mean, it's never really uh, inspired me. It's definitely unique to them. I'll give you a four. Okay. It is in Washington, D.C., which is the you know capital of our nation. Uh, the second category is reflection of town or city that they're in. I mean... Yeah, it makes sense for them. So five, I guess. What else could they be? Like the Washington... Capitals? The Senators? Oh, wait. No, they're not going to be the Senators. The The Capitals they could have been. Or the Washington Monuments. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. (laughs) Not just the Washington, but all the monuments that are in Washington. The Washington Monuments. Get it? Yeah. That would have been good. And then interest of the story behind the name. I, I don't know. 
You weren't interested in Shadow Senators? I mean, that part, but behind the name, like, that's not necessarily has to do with the name. They just. It does have to do with the name, though, Josh. But that's not why they originally were the Nationals. You said they no. weren't, wasn't there originally the Nationals? They were then, originally the Nationals, yeah. And that was more about, like. Because they're the capital. The capital. So, that it's kind of like a obvious thing, right? Yeah, I would agree. It's an obvious thing. Like if I get to like when you several episodes back when you talked about the rubber ducks in Akron, yeah, like I never would have been like rubber ducks has anything to do with Akron, right? But it did. It did. This I would give. I have to put away my own personal bias because I've always felt that the Washington Nationals name was a little. Not like wanting, yeah, but mainly because I thought they should be the senders. But now I know all this, I'm gonna give it a four. Oh, wow, I was not expecting a four, but so I'm pleased with that. And the last category is standing the test of time. Hmm, they've been changed though. I mean, if it's still the test of time, they never would have changed the senators. It, it, There's a whole thing about the senators, though. I know. The guy. Remember I vaguely talked about the guy? <laughs> yeah, the guy. Some old guy. It was an old white guy. You know That's what I'm saying. Be. Like, this one old white guy shouldn't have influenced them to be switched from the nationals to the senators. Like, it, if, the senators if it stood the nickname. test of time, there wouldn't be a need for a nickname because it just would be that. I agree. I mean, they've only been the and they've new only Washington. been there long. So I'm only going to give them like a two on this. Ooh, a two! Yikes. Okay. Ooh, the Nationals just squeak it out with a fifteen. Nice. This is my third victory over you. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, it's not surprising. I, I kind of feel like you'll I'm win it. Better at research well, and writing I just than feel you like you'll be winning every week. I, it's just a hunch. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I can't help it if I just, you know, maybe I'm naturally more, like, interested in sports than you are. Maybe. Maybe I'm just more generous with my uh, scoring. Oh, you are. No, that's not true. We'll see next week or for our next episode because we've decided we're going to go every other week because, you know, we do have three kids and jobs and things like that and... So we have to do every other week. So yeah, we will be on again. You will hear from us and see what our super special um, next episode will be about. Uh, also follow us on Instagram at go underscore team underscore stories. And you can email us at go team stories at Gmail. If you have a really good team story or a suggestion of a team story we want to do or that we should do, just Send us an email and let us know. Maybe maybe we'll do it. Yeah, no big whoop. No big whoop. <laughs> we'll talk. No <laughs> big whoop. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for listening. Um, I'm Kelly, and go team. Go team.